Welcome to the Grace House Podcast. Brian Phillips here with you today. I want to take a moment and say thank you to to some of the team that we have around us. I want to thank Phil Young, Ryan Evan, who partners and runs endlessly with me in Grace Ops. Uh, Phil Young's been, Phil and Karin, they've been great, man. They've contributed some funds to help us get to where we are and just really rally around us. And they're like, we'll do anything. We'll help with all kinds. They help with all kinds of cool stuff. So I want to thank them. I want to thank Amelia Ochenicki, who helps us with our website. And she's kind of like a, just a media mastermind. And she's helping us with all kinds of connections and building out the framework and the, the base for this thing. So our goal is to take Grace Hops global. We do believe that God has spoken to us very clearly that this is to be a national and global impact. So we believe that. And we're going to go strong after it. I want to thank the Grace Ops board. We have a great group of, uh, of guys who meet quarterly and speak life into this and speak direction. So I'm very grateful and indebted to everyone who's helping build the Grace Ops culture. If you would like to, uh, to give and help us and uh, become a partner, I would encourage you to go to uh, graceops.net slash partner and help us in our launch days. These are our launching days of uh, any amount of fuel that we have in the tank is very, very helpful and very needed, to be honest with you. So if you would like to uh, partner with us and you see the the impact of the vision we have, uh, any amount, $5, $10, you know, maybe 20 bucks a month, $100. Uh, some people have given 10 20000 um, But we need big chunks of money and small chunks of money. All of it helps work together. So any amount would be a blessing. All right. Hey, I want to get into just uh, what I'm going to share with you on this podcast is it's basically just an excerpt of one of our Grace Ops men's advances that we did in Lake Geneva. I took a 12 minute excerpt out of it and it's basically just kind of, it's kind of like sizzling just on this one idea of like this one thing, Psalm 27, this, this passion for the presence of God, passion for God's presence. We cannot lose sight of that. That's the essence of who we are as, as uh, believers, as men of God. If we're doing the five-star charge, it's all centered around passion for God's presence. And I love David's passion in it, his expression of this one thing I do, this one thing I'm asking is that I would be, that I would dwell in the house of God, which is just another way of saying, I want to be in your presence, God. I want to be where you are. And then David gets later on, he's, he gets into this whole gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. So how do we become fascinated and fix our eyes on the beauty of God? So enjoy this uh, 12 minute clip that I took out of this advance. I'll probably share a couple more of them over the next uh, week or two. God bless you. If I was going into a foxhole with anyone, I would want to go into a foxhole with this guy. Let me tell you. And, uh, I just really love this brother. I love his zeal. I love his passion. I love his boldness. And uh, tonight, let's just receive Pastor Brian Phillips as he comes to minister the word to us tonight. So grace is not an excuse to stay weak. Grace has been under attack. It's been watered down. It's been the standard of the gospel has been so muddied and mucked up in our culture that the grace of God, sometimes we think it's, it's just excusing our next sin or it's excusing a pathetic lifestyle. And rather, it, it, it empowers us 
to conquer. That's the misconception of grace, is that it's actually power to be holy. It's the grace of God that enters into your heart, into your mind, your body, your soul, and it begins to take hold of you. I mean, this world we live in is awesome. God created it. It's great. It's good. But it, God is otherworldly. I mean, he's beyond what we can think. He's beyond what we can imagine. I mean, do you got him mastered tonight? Right? As if we got him figured out. And it's, it's I, I think of my life and the 25 plus years I've been giving my heart and my devotion to Christ. And I think of worship and I think of my encounters with grace, my encounters of, of to be empowered by grace. It's not excusing me. It's so easy to get kind of slip into that, like, oh, God loves me so much, because that's the, that's the, that's the, like, the dopey part of it, isn't it? God's love kind of gets us so high. He just loves me so much, and I can just now go do whatever I want because he loves me. I mean, mean, I believe that's an enemy tactic. It's an enemy tactic to get you doped up on the love of God so much that you even leave the presence of God and and you go right into the broken soul. And we we missed the, the healing. We missed the deposit. So grace doesn't cause us to perform for God, doesn't cause us to become religious. Grace actually empowers us to conquer much like David did. You know, we think about David conquering lions and conquering bears and, and, and David conquering Goliath. It was June 2016 on Father's Day. I was in Israel. I was on the Valley of Elah where the battle of David and Goliath actually happened. It was one of the most epic moments of my life. It was epic because it was hot, like super hot. Like if you go to Israel, don't go in the summertime. Big mistake. And our tour bus, the AC broke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for the dramatic response. I needed that. So, <laughs> and, and so there's kind of like this, it was just nasty and sticky and ah, and they stop at the Valley of Eli. It's not a tourist attraction. You don't get to pull the bus in. There's no driveway to it. You pull off the side of the road and you literally have to hop over a fence and run a quarter mile to get some stones from the same place they believe David got those five smooth stones to kill Goliath. So I'm running on this field, and I'm, it's just epic. I'm like, man, this is where David was like, who is this Philistine? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And you know, man, I don't, I don't stand before the problem in our culture today. I stand before the solution. Yes. You men are the solution that this world needs, that your family needs, that your neighborhood needs, that your business needs. And grace, the grace of God is here to strengthen you, to empower you. To actually taste and see how good God is. And then to actually bring that into your lifestyle, into the fabric of your DNA, and actually begin to live upright. And it's the grace of God that gives us identity. Like, David knew who he was on that battlefield because he knew God. David spent time with God. Now I call what we did here tonight, I call it worship by song. Because all of our life is worship. And actually the highest form of worship in Jesus' day was actually the, the study of the text that would lead one to obey. 
It wasn't a Hillsong concert. It wasn't like Jesus culture or Bethel. It wasn't like where we would say, oh, that's the epic, the lights and there, the God was there. And, and, you know, it's cool. It's not that we don't dismiss that necessarily. But we miss some of the greater emphasis. The heart of God in study. So David knows God. Think about David's life. Most of his life, he's either running or he's ruling. Right? He's, while he's running, he's developing character. He's staying faithful. The Hebrew word imunah, he's, he's, he's walking out faithfulness before the Lord. But he has these epic moments in life, and it's because he, he, he had encountered the heart of God, the spirit of God, the presence of God, and the grace of God to where he knew his identity. See, when we soak in moments like we've just had, and I encourage you to build endurance in this, this style of worship. Build endurance where you can you could do that for another hour. Build endurance where four hours of that would be like, oh man, that was nothing. Do it to where you can every now and then pull off eight hours of that. In, in time in the Bible and just... I know it's a radical change, like, whoa, you know, I mean, but it's nothing for us to drain four hours on a football game. You know, it's nothing for us. And I'm not like guilt tripping, but I'm just saying, have, stir your heart because on the battlefields of life, the grace of God has actually called us as men to conquer. And I'm here tonight to talk about this culture that actually was born in my heart 15 years ago. It's just now coming out where we've been honing on developing it. Uh, Ryan Evan and I, Ryan Hansen, him and I have been running together for well over a decade. And, and uh, I'll pull out these big chunks of vision and we'll sit together and we mull it over. And, and he's got this great skill set of like honing and crafting and, and shaping. And so we've had a lot of that stuff going on. And now we're honored to be able to bring this out. Just, just kind of get it out there a little bit. And there's so much more coming. But I want you right up the front. I want to have a heart like David. To be a man of war, this whole conference, this whole advance is called man of war. What does that mean? I mean, it's an interesting phrase to use in a day like today, right? Come on, let's just pause and think about that. <laughs> David said... In Psalm 27, this one thing that I seek, this one thing I desire, this one thing that I will do is to actually be with you, Father. The, the language is to be, to dwell in the house of the Lord. That doesn't mean he, the church. It means the presence of God. He wanted to be close to God. And he uses words like to gaze upon your beauty. Now, this is a man who was a king, a ruler. He was busy. He, he had a busy life like we do. But yet, way before he became a ruler, he was a worshiper. He was a son. He was in the backfields taking care of these little sheep. So when he gets on the Valley of Elah where I was running Israel, he could stand and say, you uncircumcised Philistine, I'm going to cut your head off today because I'd rather, I'd rather uh, live, I'd rather die fighting than live like a coward. That's what he's saying on the battlefield. I'd rather, I would literally rather die in this battle than live like the cowards of all these Israelite, this whole Israelite army who's been here 40 days and 40 nights cowering before you. Where the heck does that come from? I mean, he didn't get all amped up one day. He didn't read like the daily verse. You know what I mean? 
Like, like it came from a lot deeper place than just some kind of quick, quick hit. And the quick hits are good, but far too often we, we try to live off those. We don't do that with our wives, they'll do it. They don't let us. <laughs> they smack us around, right? <laughs> it's like, you will spend time with me. <laughs> I mean, I want to spend time with her, you know, but <laughs> so good she's not here, man. And, uh, you know, because she can't hear that, so. It is, but it's not being shared, so just, just relax a little bit. <laughs> so we have to understand that grace produces holiness, and when we have these encounters with the love of God in such a life-changing way, I think about my life. I think about these these David moments in my own life. I mean, even in, even in this room many, you know, a couple decades ago, I was on, on like a retreat or two here. Even in this room, I remember being marked and lingering and I fell asleep under the stage they had over there. Like, like three in the morning, I woke up because I just was under the stage praying. I fell asleep and three o'clock, no one's here. I was like, oh, I better get to my room. No one knew where I was. There's those times that marked my life, changed the trajectory of my heart, literally changed me. It caused me to become a calculated risk taker. It caused me to change the actual trajectory of my life work and my life call when I was like 17, 18 years old. Radical changes happened in my life. This being compelled to the gospel, being compelled to share the gospel. And I, I stand here tonight while we live in a culture that is absolutely not a fan of you guys, right? And I'm going to share some things here quickly, not to foster any type of victim mindset or, you know, we're just poor men. No, it's quite the opposite. You know, when God comes to, um, to Gideon, Gideon's having a really bad Season. I mean, it's, it wasn't a good time frame. And he doesn't come and, like, join the pity party. He doesn't come like, oh, it's pretty bad. He came and spoke identity. He came and spoke valiant warrior. It's just what grace does in our life. It focuses on the identity of our sonship. It focuses on the power of who God is making us to be. And it gives us, it empowers us actually to live upright, to actually conquer. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to break that down. That's the T212 culture. We're getting into that. But I believe men are under attack for a long time. There, there is a Jezebel spirit that tries to... 